Zach Gawani, the flying winger. Oh, goodness me! He doesn't mean anybody, Steve Zakawani. Steve Zakawani was never fun <laughs> to stick up against. Was it for Zach Gawani? None is possible. It's Steve. It's Steve. <laughs> this is so weird. Steve Zakawani! What's going on, everyone? Steve Zakawani here, coming to you from Pioneer Square, the Sounders' office. We are here recapping a good weekend for the Sounders, but a great week for the Sounders that just went. Um, I was with the team down in Philly, where the Sounders scrapped and battled and clawed their way to a nil-nil draw, which, when you add that to the results against Houston and Orlando, which were both wins, seven points in three games, the ship is headed back in the right direction. It was a different change of tactics in Philadelphia. Um, you know, We've seen this before, where Schmetzer and the coaching staff go to a back five and kind of say, we're going to sit in deep and try to win this game 1-0 rather than trying to score the two or three goals we normally go for. So we'll talk about that a little bit. And I also have Taylor Graham, who was a former teammate of mine and now is one of the linchpins of the front office here at the Seattle Sounders. And we'll be talking about, you know, that best 11 vote that's got everybody riled up. Nah, just me. I'm riled up on Twitter. Um, not really. But we'll talk a little bit about that. And then we'll, of course, address the retirement announcement of Chad Marshall, who is, and I say this in my opinion, the best um, defender to have played in MLS, his entire career in MLS here. He's the best defender. So we'll get into a bit of that. But only one place to begin. The Sounders drawing nil-nil at Philadelphia. And look, was it a great performance it depends how you define great. If you want great in the sense of when the Sounders are at their best, Brad Smith flying down the left-hand side, combining with Nico and Victor and Raul Rui Diaz is in the box, getting on the end of things, and they're just making incredible things happen. And Jordan Morris is doing great things coming off the right-hand side. And Kelvin Leardam now is chipping in with goals. And Christian Rodan and Gustav Svensson are locking down the midfield and defensively were cleaning things up. That's the sound is at their best. It wasn't that. But it was great because they stuck to the game plan given to them by the coaching staff. Play a back five, keep it very, very tight for as long as possible. And in the last 20, 15 minutes, if we're still level, let's see if we can win this thing. And that's what they tried. And how do I know this? I was doing sideline analysis on the pitch, and my seat was right next to Brian Schmetzer. I was speaking with Brian Schmetzer throughout the game. Um, at one point, he turned to me and he says, Coach, what should I do? <laughs> and I said, hey, you're doing great. You're doing great. So, And that was right after Raul Ruiz Diaz um, had just come on. And the Sounders actually had a chance there at that point to maybe steal something. But no, I, I, no, I think so highly of Schmetzer. You know that as a tactician. And sometimes as a coach, you go away from home. You think, look, it's the third game in a long week. The travel is very tough. You know, I flew down there to Phillies five, six hours on the plane. It's, it's, it's hard. Guys are a bit banged up. We don't want to risk any injuries. We've got, you know, a tough stretch on, away from home coming. We don't play a home game for a while. Um, if we can get three points, great. If we can get one, great, because that will be seven, you know, with the two wins we had before. And I think that's the approach he went for. And when you consider the team he played, you know, you had Abdul Salam, 
You had Jonathan Campbell, guys who haven't seen big minutes. They came in, they understood the game plan. They knew what it was that was required. You look at the bench, the people he left, Brad Smith, Kelvin Ledam, Raul Rui Diaz. You know, I'm naming some very, very big hitters here. Um, his linchpins were Nico Lodero and Christian Rodan. Kim Kihi obviously was there. And then, you know, Will Bruin, Roman Torres also had the experience. But really, Brian Schmetzer went there with a game plan that worked. Philadelphia are good. That's the thing. They were second in the East, you know, fighting for top spot with DC. That's a good team. They attacked and attacked and attacked. But when you look at it, they'll be disappointed because they never created many clear-cut chances. They looked dangerous until they got outside the Seattle Sounders' 18-yard box. And then Stephen Fry, at that point, was equal to everything they threw his way. He caught crosses. He commanded his back line. The defenders were up to the task. So all in all, it's an excellent point, I think, for the Sounders. And... Talking about a team that hadn't won in four or five games. Now the last three games is two wins and a draw. Now it's a bit of a longer unbeaten streak. And, you know, it makes a change. You've been here. I've been here. We know what happens around here usually. We don't start talking about good results until August. So it makes a change that LAFC have set the standard. But Seattle Sounders are right there. And they're right there while missing key guys for important games. Obviously, Chad Marshall's missed some games. Obviously... Rui Diaz has missed some games. Will Bryn has missed some games. Jordan Morris now is down injured. So Christian Rodan, you know, had to go off against LAFC with that bogus red card. So they've done it while facing adversity and are right there with a team that is as good as we maybe have seen so far in MLS, not the way they're playing. And Seattle Sounders are right there. And the run the Sounders have been on since the end of last season till now is unprecedented and remarkable. And I think we can feel very good about this team. And what I feel great about is they can win in more than one way or get results in more than one way. Yes, the beautiful free-flowing stuff. I'm a fan of that. That's what I love. That's how the team played when I played. I've always been a fan of that. And that's what Brian Schmetz was about. But sometimes you've got to roll up the sleeves, dig in, say, if we get a point, that's really, really good. We'll try to steal three, but a point at the end of a long week to make it seven in three games, we'll take that. And that's what the sound is did. Stay right there. When we come back, I'll be joined by Taylor Graham, as previously mentioned. We'll get into that, and then we will end with a scouting report that looks ahead to the Sounders trip away from home when they visit Sporting Kansas City. Well-struck corner here. And that corner finds an option in the box. And it's hammered home by the big man, Chad Marshall. Cordero delivery. The header. And we have the opening goal. Defender of the year candidate. He's not bad in front of goal either. Comes inside. Pian on his left foot. Close down. And it's a wonderful challenge from Chad Marshall. It's key for LA. Over the top it goes. And off the line. Chad Marshall saving the day for the Sounders. Very proud that I've gotten to one, two MLS Cups now, and both those MLS Cups were that club's first. Um, so I think that's something I always look back and, and be proud of to, to say you were part of the team that brought the first championship to, to that club. All right, we're here winging it with Zach Wadi coming live from the Sounders FC headquarters, and I'm here with one of the favorite guests and friends of the podcast, Taylor Graham, joining me on this 
beautiful Wednesday afternoon. It's a great day. What's up, Taylor? So it, that means translation is that when your first, <laughs> second, and third choice fall through, I am glad to be filling, filling Phil if you're a PTI fan, filling uh. Taylor. But I'm here, and Steve, you tell me when, and I will be here to to push some banter back from the, the early 2009, 10, 11 yes, years. I love it. There's only one place to start. Um, the news is out. Chad Marshall has retired. Um, how, how, I mean, can you sum up what he's meant to MLS, to two great franchises, and just, just how good of a career has he actually had? He is, is arguably, and I will say f- just from Taylor's perspective, he's the best Major League Soccer defender ever. Yes, I agree. Um, and I am biased, and I will, uh, I will, I will lean into that bias for a couple of reasons. One, uh, I remember Chad when he was a 17-year-old kid coming out of the, the U-17 national team, and I was a, a senior at Stanford, and we knew that we had this stalwart center back coming in to join us. And I saw Chad when he was 17 years old, and he was skinny with floppy hair and these curls, and he was as good, if not better, than what everybody said he was. And so I saw Chad when he was 17 and 18 at Stanford, I remember his first year in Columbus and how easily he assimilated into the professional game and the quality of play. And he's, he's continued to get better and better every single year. He's gotten smarter. He's gotten smarter on the field. He's always been very efficient, yeah. uh, very efficient with his movements. Um, but what, I, what hurts me today is that Chad is still performing at a, at a defender of the year caliber, and he is forced to say, that I can't play anymore. Yeah. And that is a reflection of what he's done for this club, for Columbus, for this league, for this sport. Um, and, and it's almost, it's a different level of, 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 of sadness when a player is still able to play, but can't. Yeah. Uh, and that's different than a Nick Armando and a DeMarcus Beasley who just announced his yeah. retirement at the end of the year. They're saying like, it's the right thing. It's the right time. Uh, Chad is saying it's the right time, but just for a different reason. Yeah. And that hurts. Yeah. No, very true. Uh, do you have any memories of, you know, way back in those days with Chad and, you know, did he end up coming to your college? He did. So, yeah. yeah. What, what, was, what was that like? What was he like? And did you, could you have predicted then that he'd go on to have the career and become Chad Marshall that he became? Yeah. So, I, I mean, you look back at those first couple of years. It's, so, I, I played one year. I was a fifth year. Uh, I was a fifth year at Stanford. A lot of people go to college for five years, Steve. Yes. Usually they're called doctors, not me. But look, I was a fifth year and I was playing side by side with Chad. He and I were the two center backs. Um, it was my job to pull him into the college game and to push him to grow. And I learned more from him in that year than he probably learned from me in, in a lifetime. Um, that's a reflection of just his innate ability to play the game. I was probably more of the um, pulling him along emotionally and pulling him into the team and the, 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 the college game. Um, but he, we lost in the national championship. Like he, he scored the game-winning goal in the, the final four to put us in. He was instantly uh, a presence in the game, and you could see it was just a matter of when he was going to become a professional and where he was going to go. I think he had interest to go overseas. He chose to stay in Major League Soccer, and look what he's done for this league and put um, the league on a trajectory just to grow the quality of play. The quality of play has, has risen year over year, and Chad has been there every step of the way. Yeah. Yeah, um, I've asked a few people this, and I've got a different response from every person. I've asked, you know, what did you see Chad doing? You know, and some said 
you know, it'd be a shame if he didn't stay in the game and give all that knowledge back. Some say I can see Chad just disappearing, falling off the grid. Some say maybe he goes back to California. So no, no one knows. But what, what, what do you see for, as an example? What, what, what would Chad end up doing? Would he stay in the game? Is he someone who maybe is just done with the game? Because it can go either way for myself. Even when I retired, you've been there. Some guys just go and some guys find a way to still stay involved with the game. Right. Look, you, uh, you and I have both been through this. It's, it's scary. Yeah. It's scary to be at the door and to commit to closing it. Um, and you see players come back. You see players come back because they don't know what else to do. Um, there is reason to believe that sometimes it's easier to go as far away from the game as possible because you want to have that, that yeah. separation of church and state. Yeah. And then some people stay as close as you can, and it's, it's, it's where your experiences provide a unique perspective, but it's harder because you're so close and you're itching to still play. Yeah. Um, you probably feel it every single day. I certainly yeah. do. I miss, I miss playing. Um, I miss pinging the ball around. I miss the banter in the locker yeah. room. But we get our small little doses of it every now and again to be able to kind of scratch that itch. Look, my answer to that is Chad can do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. Chad's an extremely smart guy. He has uh, uh, amazing experiences in the game that could be valuable from a youth development perspective, from a broadcasting perspective, from a from a coaching perspective. Um, Chad is also just he does things his own way with his own personality that he could help push this business forward in a way that Chad pushed the league forward uh, with his humor and his sarcasm and like it's the Chad Marshall way. I think um, that's what makes him so special is what the Sounders have done is try to tell a story about like what, yes, we know his accolades. We know his careers and his stats and that he finished um, uh, his number of MLS Cups and trophies and defender of the years, but he he did it in his own way, and he did it with his own smile, and he did it with his own motivators, and that's what makes him tick. And Chad can do whatever he wants. It's just yeah. a matter of figuring that out. I couldn't agree more. Great um, tribute there. I think Chad will be on most people if they do an all-time MLS best 11. He's very high on that list. And speaking of best 11s, I'm not going to ask you for your Sounders all-time best 11, but I do want to bring it up because it's the club I've announced they're doing um, in celebration of 10 years, and... They want to name a best 11 for the Sounders. I've got very involved with this. <laughs> I've spoken to like 15 former teammates. You, just... do, you, you don't say. <laughs> yeah. You don't say. I've seen you on social media. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to find out what everyone's picking. And it's, but I love the debate of it. Um, the one thing I would say is just how many good players have been here. Because it's a really hard debate. Right. It's very hard. And it right. kind of depends where you go. So not necessarily what your 11 is, but kind of your thoughts on the club doing something like that and the debates that it raises. Look, I think that there's a lot of value in celebrating 10 years and looking back at all the players that have been a part of this, um, whether they played one minute or they played for 10 years, like Ozzy. Um, yeah. it's, it's a chance to look back and, again, to, to think about why you fell in love with the club and those moments that you flash back to, say, I remember where I was when this happened, and that was a very special experience. Um, uh, it, this is a fascinating conversation because best 11 can be defined in so many different ways. Yeah. Is it what they did for the Sounders or what it did for the game? Is it a reflection of what they represent in consistency or was it the, their peak play at any given moment? Their, their ceilings are so high. I want the people with the highest ceilings. 
um, there is not a, a correct answer. Yeah. And that's why it's really interesting to hear what fans have to say. And we're going to ask media what they have to say. And then the club and the club stakeholders and those individuals who have been signing players and sitting back and seeing whether their investments paid off, they're going to have an opinion. Uh, we've got our Alliance Council chiming in, right? So they've got a unique responsibility to take the opinions of the Alliance and push that forward. So look, uh, it's going to be a win-win regardless of what the mm-hmm. final conclusion is. When I think about my best 11, I'm, I'm not going to like <laughs> take the bait and put it right down right now. But you think about when you put together your team, the spine of your team is so important. Yeah. And I can tell you right now that Chad Marshall is in the spine of my team. Yes. And I can tell you right now that Ozzy Alonso is in the spine of my team. And you think about uh, Nico Ladero being in the spine of your team. Yeah. Like these to me are these guys where it gets super, super interesting and nuanced. And maybe another day I'll start filling in some of those role yeah. players. But that's what the thing is. Like we're putting people in different places that um, – that were that would have to fill a role in the best eleven, but these guys were bi- individuals that you build franchises around. Brad Evans, he's in my best eleven. Yeah. I want the option to put him at right back because he's so versatile. He's but my right back. You have yeah. to put some rules in place, <laughs> and so um, look, I think that it's an amazing exercise. Uh, I'd love to sit down with you and fans yeah. and debate this and debate this and debate this because it is literally the definition of a win-win. Yeah, no, I, I love that, um, and then. This current Sounders, um, you've been here, obviously, you know, involved in so many facets of the club. Does it make a nice change that the team's made a good start to the season this year? Because the past three years, it's been really bad starts. And I know the team has rescued it and gone on historic runs. One ended with MLS Cup last year with this long unbeaten streak. But this year, you know, LAFC's been the standard, but Seattle Sounders are right there. You know, fighting injuries, fighting change of personnel. Like, how how... How should, we, how should we be looking at this first couple months of the season? Well, I'll tell you how I'm looking at it from, and I, I, I go back into the analogy of the playing days because that's usually the mindset I fall back into is yeah. it's exhausting to chase a game. It's exhausting to go down early and feeling like you need to put in more to get the same amount out of it. And so um, if you look at the narrative over the last couple of seasons, we've uh, we've come from the bottom and rose to the top and that's exhausting it's yeah. exhausting over time and you almost feel that accumulative weight and fatigue that kind of that, that that weighs on you um and so it's fantastic that the club is sitting where it is right now i bet down there at starfire guys like they want to be in first place not second place and so it's there's a mentality of what can we do to do to do better and to get more out of it. But um, there's no doubt that the narrative has been shifted this year in terms of the, the consistency of quality of, of performance. Look at the points per game since July 1 of 2018, and there's no better streak in MLS history. That is a reflection of consistency. And in a season so long, uh, you need to rely on consistency, and that is what gets you – um, into the upper echelon and up into the upper echelon of competing for championships year in, year out. And look, the Sounders have had, uh, they are the definition of consistency. Yeah. Playoffs in 10 years, um, major championships, but the consistency in different periods of time is equally as important. And I think what, what you've seen is now an effort to have a consistency of product throughout the entire calendar year, not just in periods of season. I would be remiss to not ask you this because this is me and this is me being completely honest. I think you're probably best placed 
one of the people that's best placed to answer this. You know, I can say, you know, the ownership, Adrian, and well, no, but they were never in the locker room. You were in the locker room. You're now on the business side. You've seen this. We're talking about 10 years here. I'm a Seattle Sounders guy for life. Many of us feel that way. If I start talking about the Sounders' success and think people say, yeah, well, what are you supposed to say? I just don't know if we can truly, truly quantify how successful this club has been on and off the pitch, like to do what they've done in 10 years. We've all seen expansion teams come into the league. No one's done what the Sounders have done. You know, and now you have a couple of new, cooler teams, but they've got eight, nine more years to sustain this. So from being a player in the locker room, now on the business side of things and still very involved with the club and the team, can you, I'm going to allow you to brag for a little bit on the Sounders, just how truly, truly remarkable of a franchise this has been, how great this 10 years has been from the attendances, the success on the pitch, the players we've attracted here, the moments we've created. No, I was traveling, I forget where I was, some other seat and some guy came in to the coffee shop or in, in a sound shirt and we spoke for 20, 25 minutes right. about a game in 2010 or something. So just these things are incredible, but you've seen it both sides. You're part of the reason it's still going forward. Um, just how great has this 10 years been? It's been fun. Look, I, um, you're, you're catching me on a good day, so I, I might answer this differently. Um, uh, we are extremely fortunate to be in the city that we are with the ownership that we have, with the leadership that is working alongside us, um, uh, with the, the community built in the right ways. Um, our fans continue to show up and support unconditionally. Um, and so there we're, we're approaching this from a perspective, like we are extremely lucky. The, the, the city is extremely lucky. The players are extremely lucky. Um, using another soccer analogy though, I would say is that there are some managers who they, they establish an identity of play and they stick to that identity of play and sometimes to a fault, right? They say, this is what we're going to do and this is, what we're, this is how we're going to play and no one is going to change it from us. And then you've also got the tacticians that are constantly adjusting to your opponents to be able to identify those opportunities or weaknesses to be able to push and to be able to score more goals and, or to, to, to claw away points. And so I, I look at it from the perspective, from the Sounders' perspective, not just a style of play, but it's, it's extremely important that the club and that things that we're talking about um, internally is what can we do as a club? It's not comparing ourselves to somebody else. It's like we have to have our own identity. We need to stay true to our own identity. We need to continue to push our identity in new ways to modernize it as the league grows and the talent pool grows and the industry grows and the sport grows. Um, but at the same time, we have to straight stay true to what makes us special, what makes this club special. And to me, it kind of comes down to this community. It's this, these micro communities in the locker room. It's these, these communities in the stands. It's these communities in the city. Because, uh, look, soccer is, is untraditional, right? And it's more popular than it was in 2009 when we launched. But we're still the, 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 the small dog in this fight. And that, um, that tenacity um, is something that needs to motivate anybody. And, yes, you look at these new franchises are coming and pushing everyone to be better. And so you are adjusting sometimes to what the competition is doing, but it doesn't take you away on your true identity and your playing identity. And our playing identity is built around um, the connection between the players, the fans in this community. And that should always, always be the spine 
of everything that we're talking about. Love it. Love it. There you have it. Taylor Graham, one of my favorite people in the organization. I don't say that just because you say I've said it behind his back um, many times. Believe me. Um, so thanks for joining us, Taylor. We'll have Taylor back at some point when we really get into the best 11 debate because I'm just waiting for that day. Um, so this is Winging It with Zach Stay tuned. We have more right after this. He was a great player uh, even before he came to us in Sounders. Um, helped us win a championship, helped us win many, many, many games, helped kept the mood in the locker room right. But I think all of us as coaches, you know, I think I said it in, the, in my notes, I was honored to coach him. I mean, he was a great, great American center back, great American defender, uh, arguably one of the best our league has ever had. I'm, of course, biased, but, you know, I, I think he's pretty terrific certainly didn't know or expect the impact he would have on our club. Uh, he overperformed in just about every category that we expected he would perform well in, whether that is his play on the ball, reading the game, uh, tackling, uh, blocking shots, uh, his, his leadership in the, in the locker room, uh, his impact in the community, um, what what he's meant. Uh, I've gotten you know I've gotten already numerous texts and and emails from people who say, hey, I ran into Chad at the movie theater or the grocery store or uh, or wherever, and uh, just consummate professional, great guy, um, great role model, uh, leader in our community. So uh, so you know again that will be sorely missed. Thanks, as always, Taylor Graham, joining me here on the podcast. Let's now talk about Sporting Kansas City. And look, this team reminds me of Seattle Sounders the past two or three years, where you've had the Champions League, you've had injuries, it's been a short off-season, you haven't got the results you need to get right away, and you're very low in the table. But deep down in your heart, you know... It's only a matter of time before you start making a run and climbing up the table and that you are much better than the record and the table suggests. And that's the case with Sporting Kansas City. They are second from bottom in the West. They've won only two games so far this season. But we would be wrong to go into this game on Sunday playing them based on what we see in the table and their record. They're a much, much better team than any of that suggests. And you have to be wary of them. Yes, they've got injuries. They've got a key player suspended, red card in the last game. But this team is coached by a guy who, at this point, I'm just going to say, is probably the longest tenured coach in MLS. I'm thinking Ben Olsen maybe, but I think Vermees was even before him. He knows what he's doing. They've got a really, really good core of players there who are still there. And at some point, it's going to start to turn around. And you have to hope that it doesn't turn around on you. That's what you have to be wary of when you play against this team, Sporting Kansas City. As far as a scouting report, the three areas I think that are going to really factor into this game, really factor into this game. Number one is the soundless mentality. And what that means is, I think, yes, we saw in Philly, bunkering, etc. No, not in this game. 
you've got to take the game to Kansas City. It's a Western Conference opponent. You want to kick them while they're down. Absolutely. Teams never felt sorry for the Sounders when they were in that position. You have to come out and start well. Raul Rui Diaz, Nico Lodero, Christian Rodin. These quality of players have to be guys that are playing on the front foot, even away from home. I think about the Sounders going away to Chicago earlier this year, and I sat mesmerized from my seat in the studio TV booth, watching this team play and beaming with a smile on my face for seeing the team play in that way, where away from home, they were attacking and ripping Chicago fight to pieces. The Sounders on their day can do that to absolutely any team, not only at Central Link Field, but at any pitch in this league, any stadium, any venue. And I think Sunday, we won't see the tactics deployed in Philadelphia. We're going to see a mentality from the Sounders of attack, 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 defend well, but try to get goals on this team. That's what I think we're going to see. Number two, defensively, how will the Sounders play? You know, you've missed Chad Marshall in some games, but in the back of your head, you've known he's there. He's going to come back. He's going to help us when we need him. Chad Marshall's not walking through the door anymore. He's done. He's retired. Now you do have Kim Kihi and Roman Torres. That is your centre-back parent until the new signing arrives and fights for his place. Those two now have got to carry this team through these next few games without the help of the incredible Chad Marshall, who having Chad Marshall is a luxury. Since the day he arrived in this club, and it was the same when he was in Columbus, I remember playing against him. He's so good, you start getting used to it. That's what the great ones do. They, I can't remember the last time I saw Chad Marshall sweat because he's, always, he's already there. You know, normally you have to run and close the striker down. No, no, Chad Marshall knew the ball's going to come here and he's already standing there. Chad Marshall had a magnet in his head that attracted the ball every corner kick, every goal kick he was first. You don't have that anymore. You have two very good centre-backs. You don't have Chad Marshall. So I want to see how the back line performs in the first game in the post-Chad Marshall era. And number three is Johnny Russell. I remember speaking with Brad Evans last season when he had gone to sport in Kansas City and asking him, how is it? Who's good? And he looks at me and he says, Steve, look, man, there's a guy, a Scottish guy, a winger. He's the real deal, Johnny Russell. And then I saw him play and he scored some amazing solo goals where he's dribbling two, three or four guys and he's very direct. I've seen him play for Scotland and he's very good. He belongs on the international level as well. You've got to watch out for him. When he lines up on the right, Brad Smith, he listen, he, you know, I want Brad Smith to attack, but you have to know that if I leave that space, this guy can expose it. So be smart about how you do that. If he lands up on the left-hand side, then he's going directly out Kelvin Leardam. That's going to be a good fight. But you have to keep him quiet. If you keep him quiet, I really believe you go a long way towards beating this point Kansas City team. But if he gets loose and he's able to do his stuff, you're going to absolutely have to, have to, have to watch out for him. He's a force to be reckoned with. For me, the best natural winger in the league at this point. A big fan of his. And truly hoping he has an off day, a quiet day on Sunday. But if he's anywhere near his game, he's dangerous. The Sounders sport in Kansas City this Sunday. The Sounders' road streak of games continues. But before we go, I do want to add my two cents to the Chad Marshall retirement. I would say I never played with Chad. I played against Chad, and I've covered Chad Marshall. I remember 
specifically playing against Chad in the 2010 season. We played them that year uh, twice in the league, once in the U.S. Open Cup final that was set at Central Link Field. And we won the U.S. Open Cup final. We beat them. We had a great performance that night. But I remember getting off the pitch and just thinking to myself how hard I had to work to do anything to this defender. You know, I was used to at times, you know, if you're faster than someone, okay, you're going to push it, you're going to beat them. You know, there's no defense against speed. Chad had it. His positioning, he would cut off angles. He would, I would push the ball down the line and Chad would get his body in front before it ever became a race. He wouldn't allow it to become a race. And I remember being so impressed with him that every year after that that we played against them, I remember watching him closely and just how he won every header. And then when I began to cover the team, just like he makes, he reminds me of the MLS version of Virgil van Dijk. Van Dijk has transformed Liverpool. He never looks like he's sweating. He, everything looks easy for him. He makes it look easy, simplifies the game and gives confidence to those around him. And that's the presence of Chad Marshall. That's what he did. You know Chad is there. He's going to win 99.9% of the headers that come in his area. He's a threat on attacking set pieces. He's a colossus, colossal presence on defensive set pieces. He's a leader. And not even so much vocally is how he plays. The last ditch tackles he makes. Shutting down the other team's best strikers. That's gone. But also just a fantastic person. Anyone you speak of, about him to at the Sounders organization, from teammates to front office people to the training staff, you know, the medical team. They love Chad. The bubbly personality brought life to the locker room. And players like him, you don't replace. So it's not going to be about replacing Chad Marshall. It's going to be about celebrating how great he was for this team and Columbus crew, accepting that. And then on the pitch, at least moving on. But a true great player, once in a lifetime type of defender. You don't get those guys just coming out of every draft into the league every year. So say congratulations on a tremendous career. Truly wish you know the best for whatever is next. And I do hope we see Chad Marshall back in some capacity in the game. Coaching, analyst, whatever it is at some point. But well done, Chad, on a fantastic career. That's all we have time for this week. We will be back next week. Hopefully, assessing a great victory for the Sounders away to sport in Kansas City. I'm really excited about this game to watch how um, the tactics of this game unfold. I know Brian Schmetz is not going to go back to a back five. I could be wrong. I don't see him doing that. I expect the Sounders to adopt the mentality they had early in the year when they played away at Chicago. That was the benchmark for what a team can do on the road. So let's see if the team goes and does that. I'm Steve Zaikwani. This has been Winging It with Zaikwani. As always, thanks for joining. Thanks for listening.